This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hello, basketball fans. I would say it's your favorite time of the week, but we are ready to drop our second podcast of the week. It is Around the Rim, your ESPNW women's basketball podcast. I am your host, LaChina Robinson, joined by my fabulous producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby, and we are dropping podcast on a Friday. Pod going up. On a Friday. On a Friday. <laughs> yes, because we got a phone call, an opportunity to be an exclusive interview um, after a pretty major hiring at the WNBA. Shout out to Eli Horowitz, who is uh, the PR PR representative. That makes that is that what you would call it? PR. I representative? think that's what you would call it. Yeah. That sounds about right. Sounds executive enough. Um, but Eli gave us an opportunity to talk to the newly named head coach of the LA Sparks. Drum roll, please. In case you haven't heard, Derek Fisher, five time NBA champ, Derek Fisher, um, is the new head coach of the LA Sparks. Um, if you haven't been paying attention, former LA Sparks head coach Brian Agler resigned uh, as of November 30th. Uh, and a comprehensive search per the release when Brian uh, resigned started immediately, but that search didn't last very long because on December 5th, Derek Fisher was hired. And um, there has been a lot of conversation, obviously celebration, whenever you have someone who has achieved at the level of basketball that Derek Fisher has achieved at um, to be a part of the WNBA, to be a part of the Sparks organization, which is very obviously close to the Lakers, which you know his contributions on that side as well. So a lot of excitement, uh, but a lot of criticism as well, some rumblings. Um, there's a bit of coverage out here right now. I mean, you can follow any of the great people that cover women's basketball, whether it's Michelle Vopel or Howard Megdal or Rachel Galligan had a really – Interesting article um, asking some questions and actually continued to use the quote bet on women. Ooh, it was interesting. But she had some questions about and concerns about the hiring of Derek Fisher, who has never coached uh, women's basketball, never coached the WNBA assistant or at any at any point. Um, he did have a stint with the Knicks. Um, he was their head coach from 2014 to 2016 uh, with a record of 40 and 96. So. The question I think has been, at least the one that I've heard, Tarika, has been, uh, why not maybe hire a woman? Um, and you hear that because there are so few opportunities for women, and this is a women's league. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of former WNBA players that are coaching. Um, so that's a question we've heard. Why not hire someone who has given to the women's game at some level? Um, you know, when you look at the Brian Aglers of the world or the Kurt Millers or you know, a lot of the men we see in the, in the WNBA head coaches now, Fred Williams, um, who's not with the team, but these men have given their lives to uh, growing women's basketball in particular. And basically the question is just what WNBA player would ever get a NBA head coaching job without that experience? Agreed. Um, so we're just here, people, to educate. That's what Tariq and I are doing. Um, and... We want to have these conversations and we want to talk and listen. And so if you have any thoughts, please remember you can reach us at Around the Rim Pod on Twitter um, or Around the Rim Podcast at gmail.com with your thoughts. But we are here to talk to Derek Fisher and we are excited. We talk a lot about why this was the job for him, um, you know, what he thinks about 
um, you know, the L.A. Sparks of the future. Uh, a lot of things. So I'm going to let you guys get to the interview. I do want to say, though, that um, we've had quite a few people uh, messaging us, emailing us <laughs> about our Notre Dame UConn podcast. We are going to revisit the drama on Monday. Um, Brooke Wisebrode and I had a conversation about some interaction between Arike and Gino, and there was obviously more to that than I saw. I was cleaning my house and doing a million things when that game was on, but there were a couple of um, interesting happenings uh, from one Arike Agumbawale, which prompted an apology from Muffet McGraw, from Arike to their fans about some behavior that um, they weren't proud of. Um, there's also some blockage happening on Twitter, from what I understand. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about all that. But this podcast is about Derek Fisher, and we want to know what you think. And before we hear from Derek Fisher, I think it is very important as producer of this podcast and a friend of the lovely LaChina Robinson to note that at the time of this recording, he had literally just finished his press release, which means that Around the Rim is the first platform to get this one-on-one coverage with Derek Fisher. And I think that's important. Yes, Tariqa, you are absolutely right. Um, And speaking of that press conference, something that came out of that that was interesting to me, and we're going to have a conversation next week. um, A podcast will drop a woman named Megan Kahn, who's the executive director of We Coach. It's an organization that helps to get women opportunities in coaching. But one thing that came out of that press conference was that Penny Toller said there was not, didn't seem like there was much of a search at all. I mean, she knew she wanted Derek Fisher. And, um, you know, as we talked about the rumblings that we've heard happening since his hire everyone is asking well did any former WNBA players who are coaching get interviewed uh, were there men who had coached women's basketball interviewed uh, you know what was this process like since it seemed to have turned around so quickly uh, and I would just say that it did not sound like there were other interviews um, that Penny Toller knew what she wanted and moved on and you know, Penny has had a lot of success in the in the WNBA. She played in the league. Um, she's now an executive, one of the most successful executives, uh, GMs um, in the WNBA and just made an executive decision, as my mama would say. Um, but, yes, you're right, Tariqa. We are on the front end of this. Uh, by the time we finish taping, though, there will be 10 other podcasts that Derek has been on that will be released. <laughs> but shout out to Eli. We appreciate you looking out. And now here is head coach, new head coach of the L.A. Sparks, Derek Fisher. Well, basketball fans, um, we are excited because Around the Room is getting an exclusive interview. Um, you would have to be somewhere buried, hopefully not under snow. If you're here in Atlanta, though, it is very cold. <laughs> It's probably snowing where Tariqa is. Um, but to not have heard the news, the big news coming out of L.A., that they have hired a brand new head coach. And it's someone that you know, someone you've heard of, someone whose basketball game you've probably tried to emulate at some point at the rec. Um, five-time NBA champion Derek Fisher is now the head coach of the L.A. Sparks. And we have Derek on the show. Welcome, Derek. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I am excited to be here. And, yeah, looking forward to the conversation, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, I mean, fans know all about you, right? I mean, you have had a storybook career in, in, in the NBA and have accomplished at the highest levels as a player, as a leader for the league. But 
Why this L.A. Sparks job? I know you um, obviously we know you were head coach for the Knicks for a while, but what made this L.A. Sparks opportunity the thing for you, the opportunity for you right now? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I I knew right away that you know when when I was speaking to Penny Toller and and she approached me with this opportunity, you know, I knew it would be a great fit. I, I was actually excited about it right from the jump. Um, you know, I still went through the right process that you need to do before accepting a job with such great responsibility. Um, but the sparks, and I and I think any potential head coach are looking for specific things and, and and one of those things is a strong ownership group and the Sparks have that in, in Magic and Mark Walter and Eric Holliman you need strong management in the front office and Penny Toller and, and, and Michael Fisher and folks that have a history and a tradition of success that have won before and that want to win more those things matter and then a talented team with you know some of the greatest players to to not just play now, but Candace Parker is one of the best to ever do it, man or woman. Uh, and so all of those factors, uh, you know, really were, were heavily weighed in terms of accepting a, a coaching job again, uh, not just in the WNBA, but, but period. I would have evaluated the opportunity the same way, and I'm excited for this one. Yeah, I was listening to some of your press conference and I heard you saying that you were excited to get back to competing, you know, that you weren't obviously necessarily happy with um, the way things ended in terms of your coaching career with the Knicks, but um, that you had other offers that, you know, between then and now, um, and it's, you know, obviously there's conversation of, wow, didn't really realize he wanted to coach in the WNBA, but why women's basketball at this point in your career? Yeah, no, I, I've I definitely had multiple, you know, conversations and, and, and some to the level of offers, some to the level of, you know, at the time it, the, the team's needs and, and my needs didn't match. And, and, and so, you know, here we are today. But I think uh, for me personally, um, I've been a, I'm a fan of basketball, period. And I think basketball is a game uh, that can be played uh, and enjoyed by all. And so I've never really viewed the game as men or women, although obviously there are men's teams and women's teams. Uh, I grew up on uh, great college basketball. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, so college basketball was really big for me. And watching the Tennessee Lady Vols and kind of the early beginning stages of UConn developing out, um, those were impressionable years for me. And I, and I have a love for the way the game is played uh, in terms of, of, of fundamentals, teamwork, togetherness, unity. Uh, it's not a, as much about uh, individual uh, opportunities, goals, objectives, et cetera. And so right now for me, it, it, it makes sense uh, from the perspective, like I mentioned, strong ownership group, history of success, talented team. Uh, and also I think some of the comments that Steph Curry's made recently, he, he wrote an essay in the Players' Tribune, uh, about girls and daughters and women. Uh, LeBron James has been on the front lines, I think, saying really good and smart things about the role that men play in helping advance the women's game, women's initiatives, programs, opportunities, access. Uh, and so as a man of two daughters myself, um, being on the front lines of that conversation and that movement and not only having an opportunity to coach basketball again, which I love to do, uh, but also having an opportunity to talk with 
folks like yourself at times about the bigger picture um, of creating more opportunities for little girls and young girls and women uh, to do great things. The Sparks have that already, to be honest, mm-hmm. between a GM and Penny Toller, a president of basketball operations in Christine Simmons, senior VP and Natalie White. Um, there are a number of people, women of color, that are in leadership positions within this organization, and that all factored into me wanting to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, the women you just named, and I think about the Sparks organization, are some of the best. I mean, Christine, Natalie, Penny, um, which is makes a huge statement. And you're absolutely right, and I love what you said about Steph and LeBron and yourself, like not just standing back and saying, hey, I'm going to tweet my support for women or I'm going to record a video, but I actually want to invest in the growth of this game. It excites me to hear you talk about, you know, Connecticut and, and other aspects of women's basketball. And I was reading Candace Parker um one of her quotes, you know, and she said, uh, Derek has been a strong supporter of women's basketball for quite some time. Um, what have some touch points in your life or just some memorable moments um, with the women's game in your time that stand out to you? Well, I mean, I can go all the way back first to high school, middle school, as most of us remember, you, you know, you played on the boys team. The girls played at five thirty. You played at seven. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and you sat down and and you watched the girls play, and then the boys play. Or sometimes it was reversed. The boys would play first, and then the girls. And and so and and then the household that I grew up in. Um, my parents didn't watch basketball and and highlight to me that this is a women's game or this is a men's game. We sat down and watched basketball because we love it. And we appreciated the way the players and, and coaches approached it, specifically related to the WNBA. I mean, since its inception, you know, I was I was in the NBA as a player, uh, but since the beginning, I was ecstatic to have professional women's basketball here in LA, and have supported it since then. Um, you know, as a fan, uh, attending many games, um, obviously early in the Sparks history, winning championships in '01 and '02. Uh, Lisa Leslie, who's a friend and obviously one of the greatest players to ever play the game again, regardless of gender. Um, I, I was kind of raised in LA off of that early decade of success for the Sparks. Like that was, those were championship years. The Lakers winning championships, the Sparks winning championships, and we all kind of saw ourselves as a big family. I showed up to their games as much as I could in the summer and off season, and they, they obviously showed up for us. Uh, so I've just always viewed basketball as a community of people and not really as much of a separate thing. Um, one of my favorite players of all time is Don Staley. Like mm. I, you know, I remember, I remember watching Don and wanting to emulate the way she led and the way she ran her team, uh, how she commanded the floor. Like that was very impressionable for me, even as a young man myself, as a player. I looked at examples of, of both men and women on how you're supposed to play the game. And the game is to be, you're supposed to play it in a way that you're helping other people be better. Uh, and I thought that Don was always a great example of it. It sounds like your relationship with Penny Toller, listening to your comments, also Penny's, as I was watching the, the presser, um, that that relationship had a lot to do with you feeling comfortable about this job even, you know, your involvement as far as watching the WNBA and being invested going back to Penny and she felt very comfortable. You know, you guys have talked about the team over time. How how much of a factor or can you talk about just that relationship with Penny and what that did for this decision? And then, you know, just 
how the WNBA and, and NBA, I mean, obviously this is an example of two players that were two former players that have come together and kept relationship, but the role of the NBA and WNBA together from what you've learned. Yes. No, I, I think the relationship with Penny for sure is, is at the top of the list of things that factored into the decision. I think that it's always important um, to work with people that you enjoy communicating with, conversing with, uh, spending time around, you know, through conversations, you develop a relationship, you hear uh, the, the, the commonalities and, and the similar ways in which you see the game being played, uh, in which you see people in general in terms of how you communicate, you know, how you build relationships, how you build a culture. And I, and I, in a lot of ways, Penny and I, you know, see those things similarly. And so as we've spoken over the years, uh, I, we've always had a good rapport, uh, a high level of respect for one another. Uh, and so I, I took it very seriously, the conversations that we had when, when she approached me about accepting the job. And, and that was a major part of it. Uh, being successful in just about anything, but in business and in professional sports, uh, it's really important to, to be able to communicate and collaborate and work with other people um, on a high level. And I think Penny and I have that starting out, and hopefully that'll help us do some great things with our team on the court. Uh, in terms of that NBA, WNBA relationship, you know, I think a lot of the players in recent years have been open themselves about their love and support uh, for women's players, and, 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 and that it's it's not as much about gender for them. They, they, they think Dinah Taurasi and Candace Parker and Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart and, and NECA, like they think they are great basketball players, period. It's not that they're great because they're women or they're not us. I think from Paul George to Jimmy Butler, I guess we talked about LeBron and Steph, there are a number of guys. I mean, Kobe has daughters that, you know, one's playing basketball at a high level. He's coaching his girls. I just think that, as we've all grown as men and we've gone from the young 22 year old guy that's only thinking about his career and guys have gotten older and matured and been tried to be better examples of for those of us in particular that have daughters that we have to lead by example. And we can't just say that it's important for you as a young girl to have opportunities and to have, you know, pay equity or equality and not get in on the front line of that movement. Uh, and so this is an opportunity to do something that I love to do and, and also possibly play a role in helping grow the women's game uh, that makes it better going forward and one that everyone can always feel included in and involved in. Yeah, something from that equity standpoint, and, and obviously you, you didn't hire yourself, so this is probably more of a a a question at the next level at gm level or you know front office but you know there will be people who say and there have been people who who have said you know um, a WNBA player would never get a head coaching job in the NBA without having been assistant or been, you know, some part of a of a league organization. So why does Derek Fisher get to do that? What what would be your response to that? Um, no, it's it's a it's a fair question. I like you said, it may you know, Penny obviously um I think deserves uh the opportunity to, to answer that or respond to that. I I think in some ways she uh, deserves, I think, the room to make decisions based on her experience um, as a general manager for, for 20 years almost, uh, a general manager that has hired several different coaches, some men, some women, some people of color. 
but in all of it, she's figured out a way to put rosters together and have coaches that have helped win championships and be successful. And I don't think she's seeing this as hiring a man or a woman. I think she's seeing it as hiring someone that she feels like best fits what her team needs right now. I'm hopeful that I can do those things, but I'm also very aware uh, that there are women that could have been hired that could do a great job as well. And there are currently women that are coaching WNBA teams that are phenomenal. Cheryl Reeves is phenomenal at what she does. Sandy Brandello has been really good in Phoenix. Nikki Cullen in her first year in Atlanta was really good last year. And then, I mean, women's coaches that I've followed in college, I mean, C. Vivian Stringer, Pat Summit, um, you know, Tara Vanderveer, Stanford. Like, these are, these are women that are amazing basketball coaches regardless of gender. Um, on the men's side, I mean, Becky Hammond, Nancy Lieberman, you know, they are working their way uh, to having that opportunity. Becky Hammond was interviewed for an NBA head coaching job, I think, in Milwaukee over the over the last NBA offseason. Uh, to me, the WNBA has been probably faster and moving along this scale quicker than even the men in terms of just diversity and including everybody, and that it's not about gender. And I think that what's happening now on the NBA side, on the men's side, they're catching up to the game. We're finally as men realizing that there are women that can coach this game just as good as men can, and they and they should have an opportunity. And, and I think we're starting to see some of it. Basketball fans, it is halftime of our interview with the new head coach of the L.A. Sparks, Derek Fisher. But I want to take a moment to say, hey, you can be the first to get your Around the Rim podcast every week. You can go to the ESPN app on the Listen tab and find us wherever you get your podcast. Search Around the Rim and hit the subscribe button. Make sure you also leave comments, rate us, send us questions. Uh, we are on Twitter at Around the Rim Pod, and we are on Gmail. You can email us, Around the Rim Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me, LaChina Robinson, at LaChina Robinson on Twitter, and Tarika is at Shino Sports underscore on Twitter. Um, another half with Derek Fisher coming right up. We just want to say thank you to all our fans, supporters, and the haters. Because we see you too. We'll be right back. Let's talk about the basketball because let's be honest, the cupboards are bare here in LA. You've got, <laughs> you've got a, you've got a pretty nice looking, beautiful roster, um, in place. And again, going back to Penny's, I know she makes a lot of those, those decisions, but it sa- sounds like, um, you know, you're going to, you guys are going to try to keep a lot of things the same and, I mean, you've got Neko Gumake and, and Candace Parker, obviously, Chelsea Gray, Elena Beard, one of the greatest defenders that's ever played in this league, maybe the greatest. Um, what do you think about the team itself, its identity, the way you've seen it play, and how can you add to what you've observed? Yes, no, I think the, the roster as currently constructed is amazing. I mean, there's a core here that has won championships and was seconds away from winning another one. Um, you know, so there's no question that this team has the ability to win and win right now. And, and that's a, that's why it's such an amazing opportunity and, and job as a coach. You don't always get that opportunity uh, to coach a team that is currently constructed to win now. And, and those will be our goals. Um, I, I think the vision for our team for sure will be, to win right now as much as we possibly can. And and for me, being thankful that 
having the veteran players, many of them that you mentioned, um, you know, that that's where they are in their lives and in their careers, where it's all about winning and they're not really concerned about anything else. Uh, we just have to figure out a way. And, 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 you know, Brian Agler deserves a lot of credit for what he did with the team while he was here. This team won a championship while he was here, played in the finals in 17 again. And like I said, we're seconds away from probably winning another one. Um, we just have to find a way to do what will work for us. I can't try and replace Brian or be a different version of Brian. I have to be the best version of myself that I can be. Uh, and I think that our players, they have to also find ways to not be the same as they were. They have to find new ways and step outside of their comfort zones to, to try to win a championship in 2019, which is completely different than winning one in 2016. Mm. Uh, so we all have challenges and things that we're going to confront uh, that we have to figure out a way to come together on. Uh, but I think we're all up for the challenge. And, you know, and that's that's why I'm here. I'm telling you, it, it's as great as the roster looks. It is never easy to win, as you know, regardless of how talented you are, or deep you are. So finding ways to push the right buttons, when to step in, when to step back. Uh, those are all hard things to do, but we have to figure it out. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting part, when to step in and when to step out, because um, I was just thinking about, obviously, I've been in a lot of hel- uh, huddles for, for L.A., and boy, you've got one of the highest IQ teams um, that I get to watch up close. I mean, those timeouts are mm-hmm. discussions often, you know, of players who know the game very well. And so when Penny said in the press conference that you know how to listen, I was like, well, that's good because <laughs> um, he's got players that, that know what they're doing. But so that started me to thinking about your style as a coach um, for people who may have not gotten to see what you did with the with the Knicks. How would you describe Derek Fisher's coach head coaching style? Yeah, no, it's, it's no question about the IQ of this team, the the intelligence, the you know, the experience. There'll be a lot of times where I'll just have to not mess up what they are doing <laughs> and, and, and stay out of the way and allow them to do the things great that they already know how to do. Um, in, in terms of, of, of coaching philosophy, it will continue to evolve and, and grow and develop as I gain more experience. But initially in terms of, you know, not just what I tried to do in New York, but the things that we were doing, um, you know, really just being a group that one, we're going to work extremely hard. You know, we're going to play hard. We're going to practice hard. Those things are skills. Those things need developing. It's, it's not just about showing up to the game and expecting to be great. Uh, we have to approach what we're doing on a daily basis in a very disciplined and focused way. And it can be fun and we're going to have fun. Uh, but we have to always, you know, find ways to get better. But it's about playing for one another, believing in each other, playing together, very simple things. Uh, but we we have to believe in that and buy into it and find a way to do it together. Um, egos go, that comes with everybody. Uh, ego is not just a man or a woman. Uh, and managing that and balancing those things, these are all things that are important to me. The X's and O's in terms of me, the staff, how we put that together, putting our players in position to be successful. This group is talented enough. We can run just about anything and probably do well with it. The, the bigger question for us will be, uh, can we do it in a way that allows us to reach our full potential? We, have, we haven't played with enough pace in the last couple of years. We haven't rebounded the ball well enough. Uh, we haven't shot the three well enough in the last couple of seasons. And so there are some specific areas where we need to improve. 
but it, it the number one thing is is getting everybody believing again that we are enough and that we have enough to win right now and that, and that we're capable of doing it. Now, I know that you, um, as you raved about the players, and we all raved about the players you have on your roster, um, I'd love to play a little quick game of, but who do you wish you had? If you had a choice of what you've seen in the <laughs> WNBA, are there any players that you say, huh, not not necessarily who you would give up, but if there's someone that you could get or, or any two or three players, whatever, that you say, wow, I'd love to coach her as you've watched this league. Are, are there players on your mind? Well, it's a, it's a it's a great question. I think in my if I was wearing my my Turner Broadcasting or my my Spectrum <laughs> Sports hat, I, I would answer it. But I don't think that on day one uh, okay. uh, I want to offend anybody on my roster. <laughs> hey, you now, don't have to give anybody uh, up hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I know what you're saying, but no, there's there's no question that not even from the standpoint of whether or not I would want to coach them. Uh, more so how much love, respect, and admiration I have for the way that they play the game that I've observed over the years. Um, and, and I think currently, at least, I mean, Sue Bird is at the top of that list. Diana Tarazi is at the top of that list. Uh, you know, these are players that, that how long they've played and how, how, how great they've been over time, um, you know, they jump out to me on, a, on kind of a short list. Uh, but, Seattle won the championship last year, so I, I, you know, I have no interest in giving Sue Bird any more confidence than what she already has. <laughs> <laughs> and Diana Tarazi needs no more confidence either. So, um, you know, we we will soon be competing against one another. But no, I think they are phenomenal basketball players, and I've had a chance to meet uh, Diana for sure. I can't recall if Sue and I've ever met, but Diana is also a great person, and uh, I think that's the most important thing. Well, I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I have to check with my boss, Tarika. Was there anything else um, you wanted to know from Derek before we let him go? I mean, he's passing his first day with flying colors. I'm over here stumped. I'm trying to think of something. I was sitting here (laughs) writing down things, and I was like, dang, everything that I write down, Derek, answer Stop answering stuff. You you, you have definitely, uh, we were like, you know how we are. We're like, all right, we you know, we haven't spent a lot of time with you. Our women's basketball, I'm going to tell you this, our fan base, we are protective of our game, right? Right. So yeah. we're like, all right, let's see what Derek talking about. But you know what? I'm definitely impressed. And we want to just say thank you for your time. Is there anything else that you would want, whether it's Sparks fans or WNBA fans or, or women's basketball fans in general, to know about you or your team or, or um, just any thoughts before you go? Yeah, no. I mean, finally, I would just say, look, this, this conversation has been amazing. I, I've enjoyed it myself. Um, and I think finally I would just say, look, I, I really do love the game of basketball and I, and I don't define it by gender and I don't view this amazing opportunity as a step down from what I used to do or where I used to coach. Um, I look at this as an opportunity to step up and step in, uh, and help players be great at what they do. And, and that's what a coach's job is. And I'm excited about having another opportunity to do it. And I'm hopeful that we can talk again one day um, when the L.A. Sparks are champions again. That's, that's the number one goal.
We definitely will have you back on the show. Now, you got to tell Magic we said hello to. Did Magic give you any advice? Because, you know, okay. we love Magic going do. around the rim. No, nah, he did. did Magic, he? you know, Magic he? focused on the Lakers. He got some other things. He, he got, got some things. Got he's still mad the Dodgers came up short in the World Series. Oh, but, man. Uh, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll he's, talk. Uh, he's dealing a with a later, lot. I would definitely tell him. <laughs> yeah, say hello. <laughs> yes, tell him he's got some fans on around the rim. And good luck, Coach. Congratulations. Thank and you. give everyone in L.A. our best. Thank you. Will do. We appreciate your time. All right. Take care. Well, Tarika, um, Derek Fisher was impressive. We will continue to have this conversation again um, next week. We will have Megan Kahn, who will talk to us a little bit about coaching opportunities for women of all sports. Um, but I was impressed by Derek. What were your thoughts, Tarika? I was thoroughly impressed by his confidence. Um, I was impressed by his knowledge of the women's game. Not that I would think that he didn't know, but I, when he said that Dawn Staley was somebody who he looked up to growing up, I was like, wow, that's, that is what we need to hear more of. So he will definitely be back on around the rim. He's approved. He's around the rim approved. Basketball is basketball. And I will say, I do understand the other side of the argument too, right? Because a woman not getting an interview, a former player not getting an interview, or maybe someone who has given to women's basketball not getting an interview can be hard to swallow. And I think yeah. because we know in media, in coaching, in almost every aspect of women's basketball, in playing, the WNBA players, the resources aren't there. The money isn't there. A lot of the people that have worked for this sport work really, really, really hard. Um, and you know what? There's also a perception that wasn't brought up that I'm pretty sure we will see more of on social media. But the perception that this kind of opportunity um, isn't necessarily one that somebody with a losing record would necessarily get in in any other sport, especially one of the four majors. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of that idea that and he did touch on it a little bit that, you know, this coaching a WNBA team is not a step down. Mm-hmm. It's not a way to rebuild your your career or rebuild yourself. It's it is in it is a glorified opportunity and I'm glad that he's approaching it that way. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean it's 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 interesting because even with the We Coach organization, one of the key words is retention. You know, like it, women who get coaching opportunities don't stay there. When they don't get op- when they do get opportunities or they don't they're not successful, they don't get rehired. Um, so we see a different trend on the men's side that we do women. But anyway, we will get more into this and continue to have this discussion. Fans, we want to hear from you. But for now, it's Friday and Tariq and I are going home. Going out. Thank you for listening to <laughs> you going out. You always going out. I'll be at the house. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Until next week, Monday, we'll be recording a juicy one. See y'all later. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.